the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. God will put us in situations where we get to the point where everything's dead. There's nothing I can do. It's just dead. So that we stop relying upon ourselves and so that we only rely upon God who raises the dead. So that our only hope is for God to intervene and for God to do a work and God to breathe life back into this thing. For the children of Israel, things became worse before God delivered them. It's always darkest before the dawn. You may have heard that phrase before, but it can be so true. In today's message, Pastor Dan will remind you that if you are going through a difficult situation, you need to put your trust in Jesus. You may be in a situation that feels completely hopeless. And if it was up to you to save yourself, it might be hopeless. That's when God shows His hand. When you have no other hope and you're ready to rely on Him, God will deliver you. Don't give up. Put your trust in God. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Exodus chapter 5 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Once the Hebrews were required to collect their own straw for brick-making, the quality of the bricks decreased, as we would imagine it would. Look at verse 9 again. Let more work be laid on the men, that they may labor in it, and let them not regard false words or vain words, empty words. This whole idea of going out and worshiping your God for three days, it's vain. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of words. And so please note here, because the people of Israel wanted to go worship their God, Pharaoh laid more work on them so they would be so busy and so burdened they would not want to go worship the Lord. They will not have time or energy to go worship their God. And listen, give me your attention. You have an enemy. We have an enemy. We have an adversary, the devil, who does not want us worshiping Jesus Christ. And when you desire to draw near to Jesus Christ, when you desire to seek the Lord, when you attempt to make Jesus Christ a greater priority in your life and in your family, your adversary will try to prevent you from seeking the Lord. And often he will try to prevent you by laying more work upon you. And laying a greater burden on you. Maybe he will lay more work on you. Maybe more activities. More things to do. So that you don't have the time or the energy to seek the Lord. This is one of the tactics 
of the enemy. One of the tactics of the enemy is to keep us so busy that we don't have time for the Lord. And he can keep us busy with work and school and sports and hobbies and activities and so on. And he can just fill our schedule and weigh us down with stuff to do that we don't have time for Jesus. We don't have time for daily devotions in the morning. We don't have time for prayer or for worship or Bible study or men's groups or women's groups or home Bible studies. We're too tired We're too tired to come out to church or a Bible study on Thursday night. We get home too late from work to attend a home group. We're just too busy and too exhausted from all the other things we're doing. And listen, those other things you're doing, they may be good things. They may be good things. They may not be bad things. They may not be sinful things. They may be good things, but don't allow good things to crowd out the best thing. And the best thing in your life is your relationship with Jesus Christ. It's like the seed that fell among the thorns in the parable that Jesus told. The seed that fell among the thorns, remember the thorns grew up and choked out the seed. And Jesus explained that the seed is the word of God. And the thorns, he said, are the cares of this world and the pleasures of this life and the desire for riches, and the desire for other things, he said. And they choke out the word of God so that the word does not bear fruit in our lives. Don't allow the thorns to choke out the word. Don't allow other things to choke out your relationship with Jesus Christ. Take heed. Beware. Make sure that busyness and activities do not prevent you from seeking first the kingdom of God. And from keeping Jesus Christ the first priority and in first place in your life and in your family. Don't allow good things to crowd out the best thing. And the best thing is Jesus. I have a good friend who was offered a a huge promotion at work. And it was an amazing opportunity uh, that many within the company would have desired to have. And he turned it down. Much to the surprise of his superiors at work, because it was such a huge opportunity, and his boss at work sat down with him and asked, why in the world would you ever turn down this opportunity? And my friend told his boss, my number one priority in my life is my relationship with Jesus Christ. And my number two priority in my life is my family. And this job is my number three priority. And I know that if I accept this promotion, that new position will take up so much of my time and energy that my number three priority in life will infringe on my number one and my number two priority in my life, and I don't want that to happen. That's seeking first the kingdom of God in your life. And that's wise. Prioritizing Jesus Christ over everything else and protecting that relationship is wise. But just know you have an enemy. And you have an enemy that is going to try to get you so busy and so wiped out tired that Jesus Christ becomes second place. And you don't have time for him in your life. And here Pharaoh says, hey, the people want to go worship their God. Well, then let more work be laid on them 
that they may labor in it and let them not regard these false words. I'll make them so busy, they'll be too exhausted to want to go worship their God. And so that's what he does. And he puts this extra labor on them now where they've got to go collect their own straw to make these bricks, but they've got to keep their quota of bricks. So please note here as we're following this story, God's plan is to set Israel free. That's the goal. That's where this is heading. That's why he sent Moses back to Egypt. But please note, things get worse for the Israelites before they get better. Things get worse before they get better. And that is how it works sometimes. When God is at work, things can get worse before they get better. They don't always just immediately get better. Sometimes they get worse for a season. You know, as the psalmist says, weeping may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning. But there is that night of weeping that comes before the morning. Uh, you know, I think uh, the story in Mark chapter 9 really illustrates this. If you want to turn with me over to Mark chapter 9 for a moment. And here we have this boy who was demon-possessed that Jesus healed. That's the end of the story. <laughs> but it doesn't exactly go the way you might expect it to go initially. And Mark chapter 9, verse 14, and right before this, Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration with Peter, James, and John, and he comes down now from the mountain, and there's a demon-possessed boy waiting for him at the bottom of the mountain here. Mark chapter 9, verse 14, and when Jesus came to the disciples, he saw a great multitude around them, and scribes disputing with them. And immediately when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed, and running to Jesus, they greeted him. And he asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them? What are you discussing with my disciples? Then one of the crowd answered and said, teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. He has, he's demon-possessed, and he's unable to speak as a result of the demon. And wherever it seizes him, the demon, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth. He gnashes his teeth and he becomes rigid. And so I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. And he answered him and said, oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. And they brought him to Jesus And when he saw him, immediately the spirit, the demonic spirit inside the boy, convulsed the boy, and he fell on the ground, wallowing around, foaming at the mouth. What a picture that is. Now look at verse 21. And so Jesus asked the father, okay, so the guy's son is there on the ground, you know, wallowing around, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus turns to the father and says, how long has this been happening to him? (laughs) It's kind of a funny question, but you also see the compassion of Jesus, you know, for this dad. Because that's his kid, right? You know, if we were there, we would take a couple steps back and, man, that kid's demon possessed. What a mess this kid is. Look at him. And he's rolling around like that, slithering like a snake and foaming at the mouth. And Jesus turns to the dad and says, how long has he been like this? Because that's a dad. And that's his son. 
as messed up as his son is because of this demon, that's his boy. And this dad can't do anything to help his son or get his son out of this situation. And you just see the compassion and the empathy of Jesus here towards this dad. Jesus isn't freaked out by the kid who's demon-possessed, rolling around on the ground, foaming at the mouth, as we probably would be. But he's concerned for this dad. How long has this been going on? How long has this been happening to your son? And look at the dad's answer from childhood. Since he was a little kid. I bet you no one has ever asked the dad about this. I bet you he's had a lot of people that say, what's wrong with your kid? Why is he doing that? Why is he acting that way? Get a handle on him. Can't you control him? No one has said to this dad, how long has this been going on? You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. From childhood, he's been like this. And he goes on, he says, Often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. This demon has made this boy suicidal. He's tried to drown him. He's tried to kill him in the fire. And look what the dad says. The dad doesn't even say, can you heal my son? He says, if you can do anything, you just do anything. I'm not even asking you to heal him. You can just do anything. Have compassion, notice, on us and help us. Can you help our family? Can you help my wife and I and my son? Because we don't know what to do. You can do anything at all to help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can believe all things are possible to him who believes. Look at verse 24. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears. Dad's crying now. Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. I believe you can heal him. But I also doubt that you can heal him. Because he's been like this a long time. And he bursts into tears as he's saying this to him. And when Jesus saw that the people came running together... He rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, Deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Look at what happens next. And then the spirit cried out, convulsed the boy greatly and came out of him. Look what it says. And he became as one dead. So that many said, he's dead. Now, we want the story to say Jesus cast the demon out of the boy and the boy got up and hugged his dad and said, I love you, dad. And they, you know, went on home singing a hymn as they went. But that's not what happened. And that's not what it says. The kid is laying on the ground like a dead person. He appears to be dead to the point that the crowd is saying he's dead. 
Jesus killed him. And he's dead. And we don't know how long the kid was laying there on the ground, looking like he was dead, but it was long enough for people to conclude he's dead. This is worse for the father. His son before was demon-possessed and a mess and difficult to handle, but at least he was alive. And now his son, it seems, is dead. I thought Jesus could help me. I thought Jesus maybe could help my family, help my son. But this is worse. My son's dead now. Sometimes, the way that God works, things get worse before they get better. But the story doesn't end in verse 26. And maybe some of you here tonight, your story is in verse 26 right now. Where things just look dead. Just looks dead to me. There's no hope. Marriage is dead. Relationship with the kids, dead. Career, dead. And you're in verse 26, but you haven't gone to verse 27 yet. Look at verse 27. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. So Jesus, in healing this kid and casting out the demon and setting this kid free, he made the son appear dead before he raised him up. Things look worse before Jesus made them better. And that's how it goes sometimes when the Lord is at work. In 2 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul says, listen to what Paul says. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. And we thought we would never live through it. In fact, we expected to die. What is he saying? Things were really bad. We were serving the Lord. We're going on these mission trips. We're doing everything that the Lord is telling us. We're being led by the Spirit everywhere we go. We're preaching the gospel, proclaiming the name of Jesus. And we thought we would never live through it. In fact, we expected to die. But as a result, Paul goes on. Hey, listen. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely only on God who raises the dead. That's why God brought Paul through all of those trials and tribulations that he went through and all of that suffering was to bring Paul to the place where he stopped relying upon himself and he started relying only upon God who raises the dead. And he says, and he did rescue us from danger and he will rescue us again. We have placed our confidence in him and he will continue to rescue us. God will put us in situations where we get to the point where everything's dead. There's nothing I can do. It's just dead. So that we stop relying upon ourselves and so that we only rely upon God who raises the dead. So that our only hope is for God to intervene and for God to do a work and God to breathe life back into this thing. For the children of Israel, things became worse before God delivered them. And it's all part of his plan. It's all part of his plan. Look back in Exodus chapter 5. Exodus chapter 5. Look at verse 10. And so the taskmasters of the people and their officers, they went out and they spoke to the people saying, Thus says Pharaoh, I will not give you straw 
Notice the phrase, thus says Pharaoh. It's very similar to, thus says the Lord, isn't it? Pharaoh was considered deity. This is the way the deity spoke. Pharaoh is making an announcement to his subjects in Egypt. He's making an announcement to the Hebrews. And so he used this same phrase, thus says Pharaoh, I will not give you straw. Go get yourself straw where you can find it, yet none of your work will be reduced. And so the people were scattered abroad throughout all the land of Egypt to gather stubble instead of straw. So they don't have that finely uniform cut straw now. They're just gathering stubble wherever they can find it. Verse 13, and the taskmasters forced them to hurry, saying, fulfill your work, your daily quota, as when there was straw. And the officers of the children of Israel, whom Pharaoh's taskmasters had set over them, were beaten and were asked, why have you not fulfilled your task in making brick both yesterday and today? As before, now the officers that are mentioned here in this chapter, the officers were Hebrews that the Egyptians appointed over the Hebrew slaves, over their fellow Hebrews. And in exchange, the officers received better treatment than their fellow Hebrews who were laboring. The Nazis did the same thing, by the way, with the Jews in concentration camps. But the Egyptian taskmasters, they beat the Hebrew officers because the slaves were not meeting their quota of bricks, their daily quota. Verse 15, now watch what happens. So then the officers of the children of Israel, they came and they cried out to Pharaoh. They go to Pharaoh and they cry out saying, why are you dealing thus with your servants? There is no straw given to your servants. And they say to us, make brick. And indeed, your servants are beaten, but the fault is in your own people. They're not given a straw. It's not our fault. It's their fault. The elders of Israel cried out to Pharaoh. Please note that they didn't cry out to the Lord God. Sometimes we make the same mistake. We cry out to the person who is causing us misery. or We cry out to the person and complain to the person who is putting us through the hard time. Or we complain to someone we think can remedy our situation. And we complain to them, the person who's doing it to us, instead of crying out to God. And there's a place for, you know, confronting someone in love and that kind of thing. But we should cry out to the Lord first. So often we don't cry out to the Lord at all. We just, I'm going to go confront that person. I'm going to go talk to them. You're doing this to me. But we should cry out to the Lord. Psalm 62 verse 8 says, Trust in Him at all times, you people. Pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge for us. Pour out your heart to the Lord. Uh, Psalm 102 verse 1. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Let my cry come to you. Psalm 142 verse 2. I pour out my complaint before Him. I declare before Him my trouble. I pour out my complaint before Him. Not I pour out my complaint before the person I'm complaining against. Or I pour out my complaint to all my friends. I pour out my complaint before Him. I declare before Him my trouble. 
Did you know that Ring of Truth is a listener-supported ministry aimed to bring you God's Word wherever you're at? Whether you're at home or on the road, we're here to help you grow in your faith. You love to stay connected through social media? Find us on Facebook. Listen to us on iTunes and our podcast. There are numerous other ways to stay up to date with what's happening at Ring of Truth. All you have to do is go to calvaryec.com to get started. Our mission and vision and what we believe can be found on our website as well. In case you didn't catch that website, it's calvaryec.com. Ring of Truth is a radio ministry that comes to you from Columbia, Maryland. We invite you to join us Sunday mornings at 8.30 or 10.30 a.m. For those of you who aren't morning people, we also have a Sunday afternoon service at 12.30 p.m. Or you're welcome to come Thursday evening at 7 p.m. Take your pick, but please, come if you're in the area. Did you know that live stream is available for those unable to attend in person? For all of our long-distance listeners, we hope you'll utilize this tool to stay connected. Pastor Dan has been teaching from the book of Exodus, and he's not done yet. Be sure to come back again as he continues pulling nuggets from this Old Testament book. Thanks for staying tuned in today to Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know his voice and it only takes General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.